God, as we've had some fun, as we've worshipped, as we've given. Father, I pray that as we hear your word this morning, God, we'd be encouraged. God, as we hear your word this morning, we'd be empowered to do what you've called us to do. So, Father, I pray, God, for every person here, Father, you'd transform our lives. God, you'd touch our hearts. Father, that every person from the front to the back, from the left to the right, God, every person listening online throughout the week and the weeks to come, Father, that we'd be different. God, we'd be changed, we'd be transformed. We'd leave different to how we came in because of you. So, Father, I pray you bless every person. Grab your seats. Thanks, team. Great job this morning. As always. Because Josh has already called me out. He's going to make sure he's listening. And I'm going to make sure I finish on time. So, <laughs> now I've said that from the pulpit. Uh, we'll see how we go. Luke 5. Luke 5, we've got the kind of a story, I guess, but we, we read about when Jesus first called his disciples. And so Jesus is by a lake and there's a big crowd coming and so he goes to one of the fishermen that are there and he says, hey, can I jump in your boat and can you just take me out a little bit? And so he hops in Simon's boat and goes out a little bit and starts to teach, starts to speak to the people, starts to speak to the crowd that are there. And out of that moment, out of that moment, he then called his first disciples. And, you know, I say a whole bunch of stuff from the pulpit when I'm preaching and I don't consider myself to be an extremely deep thinker, um, certainly not a, a theologian by any stretch, but you know, it makes me think when I read this in verse 3 that he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. It makes me think if that was turned into, if you could actually watch that, he got into the boat, and then he asked to be taken out. Did he just walk up to some guy that he's never met before and just hop in his boat? Or was there a conversation? Or how did that actually... Um, and so that's the kind of thinking that I start to think when I'm reading that. I'm going, what if Simon said no? What if Simon said, no, I'm about to go fishing. You can chuff off and find a different way because I need to go catch some fish. What if that... Would that have completely, well, not would it, it would have completely changed the path of what was to come for Jesus, for Simon, and for the rest. But verse 4, that's a little side note. Um, verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water 
and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signalled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything behind, and followed him. Just like that. In a moment. One minute, they're out catching fish. The next minute, they're following Jesus to catch men. I just go, wow. Kind of blows my mind reading that to go, what would my response have been? Because I like fishing. And if somebody said to me when I was fishing, just drop that and come follow me, my first response is... um, not just drop everything and leave. My first response is not so nice. My first response is maybe at best, yeah, well, we're due to come back in three o'clock, nearer there, um, near enough to three o'clock is kind of last spot, and then we head back in um, when we go fishing, and so that way then we've packed up the boat and we're um, inside ready for dinner time-ish. Um, but... <clears throat> So it's like if somebody said at 11 o'clock in the morning, hey, you're done fishing, come follow me. You're like, what the? No. No, I'm fishing. This is my time. This is mine. It's not just my time, but for these guys, for Simon, he was, he was a fisherman. That was his way of earning a living. That was, that was what he did. And so Jesus has called him out of that. And it made me think as I was reading it, well, what were the other Disciples. We've got a tax collector, we've got a thief, we've got a zealot. And then the others are kind of, there's not a lot about what they are, but the bulk of them were, were fishermen. And it's, some people believe that James and John not, were, were not only just fishermen, but they were also business owners that they, they had fishermen working for them. And so they, they weren't just fishermen, they were switched on fishermen. And uh, who knows, there's two different calibre of fishermen. There's fishermen that you see on, like, the American shows um, with the alligators and whatever, um, whatever they're called, swamp people. And, you know, they're, they're not business owners. Well, they, they are business owners somehow, but they, they're not kind of CEO quality sitting in an sitting in a, um, office building telling people what to do. They're kind of just very unique in what they are, just being careful about what I say because it's being recorded, but you get my gist, right? You know where I'm going with that, but, but these guys were switched on. They weren't just fishermen, they were switched on. They were, they were in it because they saw something more than just catching fish. They saw a livelihood and they had invested in it. And so for them to just drop it and leave, if you're a business owner, it would be like me walking up to you and saying, hey, just leave your business behind and let's go, we're following Jesus. It's like, it just adds another layer of wow factor to it for me, to go, 
You know, they weren't just fishing. They weren't just fishermen on their day off going fishing. No, that was their livelihood. That was their business. And so that's what was left behind. And, and as I was looking at that and going, you know, fisherman, tax collector, thief, zealot, there's people that are they're coming from all different directions. They're coming from all different walks of life. You know, it's just like us. When we look around the room here, it's like we don't have any of those swamp people, fishermen here this morning. Um, this morning, no. <laughs> just looking around now to see who's not here. Um, so, but no. But, but we've got people from all different walks of life. We've got teachers, we've got students, we've got business owners, we've got people that are currently unemployed for whatever circumstance, we've got stay-at-home mums and dads, we've got soldiers in the house this morning, we've got people that are literally doing all you can do. There's somebody here that's ticking that box. Every category of employment, when you go down the list of whatever the, the lists are on the different surveys and whatever that gets sent out, that we pretty well cover it amongst this crew. And I kind of go, how does that work for us to come together? How does that work for, for us to do what we do? And what does that look like going forward into 2020? What does that look like going forward into the years to come? What does that look like for C3 Church Adelaide Hills? One church in two locations. What does that look like when it's not just Harndorf and Parkside, but what does that look like when it's Harndorf and Parkside and somewhere else? What does that look like when we become one church in three locations, one church in four locations, one church in five, six, who knows how many locations we'll end up with, but, but what does that look like? It just adds to the pool of people. It adds to the demographic of, demographic of people as we start locations in different areas. At the moment, Adelaide Hills and Parkside are two fairly upper socio-economic kind of areas. But what if we plant a church in an area that isn't that way? What if we plant a church in an area where there's a, a big need and we become not just one church in three locations, but we become a source for those people. We become a help for those people. We become something more than just another location, but we become people that can reach in, use what we've got to assist someone else. It adds a, a different dynamic. It adds a different facet to the life of the church. And so as I was looking through the, the life of Jesus and what he brought to that group of people, what he brought to his disciples and therefore what they took out into the world and what we now take out into the world or what we, I believe, we're called, what we're meant to be taking out into the world as Christians, as the church. And so I've got three things this morning that I believe if we get onto these then it's going to set us up for a great 2020. It's going to set us up for a great future into the years to come. Not in any particular order, but I do think, first and foremost, Acts 1.8 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, 
and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But you will receive power. See, Jesus came, he left, and then he sent his Holy Spirit. So that, not just so that we could be comforted, not just so that we could feel his peace, not just so that we could have a little bit of help when we need it. The Holy Spirit does all those things and more, but, but the Holy Spirit came so that we would have power. So that the power that was on Jesus when he healed the sick, the power that was on Jesus when he raised the dead, the power that was on Jesus when he ascended, when he went up, when he left the cross, went up to heaven. The power that was on Jesus when he came down again. The power that was on Jesus. The power that's gone before in many great men and women who have called upon his name. That power is not just for the preachers. That power is not just for the kids' leaders. That power is for every one of us. And we're called to tap into that power source. We're called to live in that power. Again, we're not called to conform to the pattern of this world. We're called to live in a different realm. We're called to live in his kingdom. And so we're called to tap into that power. And so we have the king of kings on our side. And, you know, I think that's more of a, a mindset shift than anything else. You know, yes, we can pray for the power of Jesus to come and fill us. We can pray that all sorts of things around that. But, but, you know, for me, I know that I've got that power. But what happens is I have a battle in my head that starts to say, no, you don't. You can't do that. Oh, no, you don't. You can't say that. Oh, no, you don't. You can't go there and do that. Yeah, you're not. You don't have the authority to do that. You don't, you're not equipped to do that. You're not called to do that. You're not whatever. And you get all these little voices start to go on saying this and this and this. But what I've got to do, what we've got to do is shut that voice down, read this scripture over and over again and go, no, you know what? I've received power. I've received power because the Holy Spirit is on me. And so I can do this. I can speak to that sickness. I can declare that that person's set free. I can go in and visit somebody and have the words to say, not because I'm great at talking, not because I love to speak to people, but because Jesus is on me, his power's on me, and so I've got something to say. I've got something to do, and he's going to be there with me. And so number one, we've got to be walking in his power. And so whatever 2019 looked like for you, I'm believing this morning for a mindset shift. It might be that you need to be filled again with the Holy Spirit. Whatever it is, you might have been walking with Jesus. You might have started to walk away a little bit, but you're going, no, you know what? I'm going to start 2020 on the right way. I'm going to start walking with Jesus. I'm going to get his power back onto my life or onto my life for the first time and I'm going to walk with him and see what happens. So number one, we need his power. Number two, we need his freedom. And we've got his freedom. Luke 4.18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. That's what we've got. He's come to give us power, 
but he's come to set us free. And in that freedom, in that freedom, we can set others free. In that freedom, people see that we're not locked up. In that freedom, people see that we're not bound up and they go, hey, you know what? I want what you've got, Candy. I, I like what I see in you. And people are drawn to you. People are, are drawn, they're kind of sucked in in a good way, but they're sucked in to what they see on you. And I'm believing as I'm now talking to you, Candy, that, that this year you're going to see a great shift in the influence that you have in the schools and the people that you go into. And I'm believing that that word freedom, that word freedom is going to unlock something on your life, but it's going to unlock something. It's going to be kind of a ripple effect. And you drop a rock in a pool or in, in a little pond and you see the, the ripples go out. They don't just go one direction. They go every direction. And I see as you get this word freedom, as it shifts something in you, it's, there's going to be a ripple effect that you're not going to see all of it because you can only be looking forward. You can't be looking back and you're not meant to look back. But there's going to be a ripple effect that goes out from what you do this year that's going to unlock people's lives. Young people, old people, every age, people are going to get set free because you have seen the word freedom and you've started to walk in it at a whole new way. And say, so, thank you, Jesus, for that. But, you know, there's, there's others of us here that, that might now need to get around candy a little bit and go, hey, I need some of that freedom. There's others, others of us that, that because we're walking in that freedom, we're going to do that exact same thing. And there's going to be little ripples going out in workplaces. There's going to be little ripples going out through the universities in Adelaide. There's going to be ripples going out amongst our primary schools and high schools. Why? Because we're walking in freedom. We're no longer locked up worrying about what people think of us for being Christian. We're not worried about what people think of us because we might dress a little bit differently. No, we're, we're who God has called us to be. And when we find that, when we find who he's called us to be, when we walk in that, we can see freedom. And so I, I want to dispel the myth this morning that we hear around the place that, you know, you go to church, there must be a whole bunch of constrictions around your life. There must be a whole bunch of restraints. There's a whole bunch of boundaries. You, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do... No, Jesus hasn't come so that we'd be bound up, we'd be fenced in, we'd be... No, Jesus has come to set us free. Yeah. And what we do in that freedom is up to us. What we do in that freedom is up to us, but we, but we need to live responsibly. Amen? It's not like we're just going out and getting drunk. We're not going out and having one or two beers instead of six or eight because it's the law or because that's what we do as Christians or because that's what we do. No, we believe that, hey, you make good choices. You make good choices and, and you'll be fine. And so there's the whole deal of freedom and I don't want to knock any other <clears throat> denomination or religion or anything, but... But, you know, there are some that say, hey, no, we, we, don't, we don't drink. And there's some people in our church who don't drink. And I'm not saying anything against that. But, you know, we've got to be free to make the choice that we want to make. And so if, if we say, hey, I'm not going to drink alcohol because it does this to me or it's done that to me in the past or I just don't like it or I don't believe that that's right, guess what? You're free to make that choice. If you want to say, hey, I'm going to have a glass of wine with dinner every night, guess what? You're free to make that choice. 
And so we've got the freedom, if you're over 18, if we've got the freedom, little, sorry, just, my son's in the room, so I better, seven's not old enough. Um, but it's, we've, we've got to be responsible in that, right? But God, God hasn't come, Jesus hasn't come to tie us down. He's come to set us free. And so let's live in freedom in 2020. Amen? And lastly, he's come to give us a purpose. You know, if you're thinking as you head into 2020, what am I here for? Why am I on earth? We're starting a brand new Bible reading plan in, what is it? Saturday. On Saturday, brand new Bible reading plan as a church. What on earth am I here for? And so we'll post that on social media and kick that around the place. But do the Bible reading plan. But can I tell you what on earth are you here for? It says right here, Matthew 28, 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What are we here for? What's our purpose? Our purpose is to make disciples. If you are a follower of Jesus, that's your number one priority in life, is to make more disciples. Be a disciple and make disciples. That's our purpose. That's what we're here for. If it wasn't about making disciples, the moment we got saved, the moment I put my hand up in a meeting in September 2002, I would have said, yes, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord. Jesus, take me now. Let me be with you. And I would have gone straight up to heaven. If that was the purpose. But the purpose isn't about being with him for eternity in heaven. The purpose is for us being still on earth. I believe this with all my heart. My purpose is to make disciples. Your purpose is to make disciples. Our purpose is to make disciples. That's what we're here for. Amen. And so Matthew 28. 18 to 20. And I've got to tell you as well, if, if you're sitting down writing a whole bunch of dreams throughout this week in preparation for next week's anointing of dreams and you're looking at them and you're going, hey, you know what? They're all about me. There's nothing here about other people. Then that's okay. But why don't you just think a little bit and pray a little bit and go, hey, you know what? God, let, let put something on my heart for 2020. What can I do for others? What can I do to bring someone closer to Jesus? What can I do to get someone to church? What can I do to invite someone over to my house? It might be a year-long journey. It might be a process that needs to be in place. You might need to ask somebody to disciple you so that you can disciple someone else. But let's, let's not write a list, a wish list for, hey, I'm dreaming that I'm going to get a new car by the end of the year and I'm dreaming that I'm going to have a new house and I'm dreaming that I'm going to have another kid and I'm dreaming that I'm going to do this and I'm dreaming that I'm going to do that. And it's all about me, me, me. No, let's go, hey, I'm dreaming that, that I'm going to earn enough so that I can bless a family member. I'm believing that I'm going to earn enough so that I can take somebody out for dinner once a month. Just complete random. Just speak to someone after church, invite someone from work, invite someone from your local sporting club, whatever it is. But, but going, hey, let's, let's be specific about writing down dreams that aren't just about us, but they're about others. And uh, I believe that as we do that, that purpose is going to come in more and more. And if that freaks you out, the thought of going, I can't do anything for anyone else, I've only just got enough for me, then go back to point number one and say, Father, give me your power. I need it on my life so that I can do your work. 
and then continue down the list and go, hey, Jesus, it's for freedom that you have come. You've set me free. And so this thinking, this mindset that I've got on me right now, I pray and believe that it's gone in Jesus' name. Thank you that I'm walking in your freedom. Thank you that I'm walking in your power. And thank you that I have a purpose. And I believe that as we do that, we're going to unlock ourselves for a great 2020, but we're going to unlock our community for a great, a great, a great 2020. <clears throat> Came out well, didn't it? And so, Father, I pray for every person here this morning. God, every person listening online. Father, I thank you that we've come from all sorts of walks of life. Some of us are rich, some of us are poor, some of us are old, some of us are young. Some of us have families living right here. We've got kids. Some of us are single. Some of us have got family that are very distant. Whatever it is, however we found our way here this morning, however we've found our way to listening online, Father, I thank you. And I pray for your power to fill us. Father, I thank you that we're not called to do it alone, that you haven't just left us here high and dry, but Father, you've given us your Holy Spirit. Yes, to comfort us. Yes, to heal us. Yes, to guide us and lead us. But, but Father, I thank you. You've left us with your Holy Spirit so that we'd be filled with your power. Father, I thank you that you've sent us to proclaim freedom to the prisons. You've sent us to proclaim freedom to our family, freedom to our next door neighbours, freedom to our workplaces. And Father, I thank you that we're not just bobbing along in the ocean, wondering what life's about. But God, I thank you that you've given us a purpose. You've spelled it out plain and clear in Matthew 28. We're here to make disciples. So, Father, as we get these three words, power, freedom, and purpose, as we get them into our hearts, as we launch into the year ahead, I thank you that you're with us. September 2002, sitting in a youth meeting, I put my hand up at the end of a message like this. The message was called Meant to Be, Sent to Be. And in that moment, in that meeting, I found his power, I found his freedom, and I found his purpose. something on me that took me from a high school student that was petrified of talking in front of his class to somebody that through the Holy Spirit can stand and preach to people. Took me from somebody who was worried about fitting in 
to being free of that, free to be who he's called me to be. And he gave me a purpose. Put something fresh on my heart to say, you're going to go and make disciples. I don't know everybody here this morning. I don't know exactly what your journey is to getting here this morning, but I want to give you that opportunity. I want to give you the opportunity to put your hand up in this meeting and say, you know what? I want to give Jesus a go. I might have given him a go in the past or I have never done it before. But if you're here in this meeting and you go, you know what, John, that's that's me. I, I do. I want to give him a go. I want to find his purpose in my life. I want to see that power come and transform my life. I want to feel free. I don't want to be locked up anymore. With every eye closed, every head bowed. If you're here in this meeting this morning, I'd love you to just slip your hand up right now and say, John, that's me. I want you to pray with me after this meeting. I'm not going to call you out the front. I don't want to embarrass you in any way, but I'd love to pray a prayer with you after the meeting to invite Jesus into your heart and pray that his Holy Spirit would come. thank you for every person sitting in this meeting. God, I pray that you bless them as they go into this week. As they spend time with family or whatever they're doing to celebrate this great nation of ours today. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that we can make a difference because we're filled with your power free so that we can bring freedom and we have a purpose in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.